Phil Gray, welcome to the Romapod. It is great to have you uh, as, as part of the Romapod series. You're somebody who I admire enormously in the market. You're somebody who uh, on the broker side is one of the, and packaging side is one of the, the main players in the market. Uh, and it is you know, great to start working with you as, as we're starting to do now. Um, if you wouldn't mind for those people that don't know uh, you and, and don't know the background to you and to what, would you mind giving an intro into your background, how you got to where you've got to um, and what your plans are for the future? Yeah, um, well, uh, first of all, thank you, Scott. Some very kind words there. Um, very much appreciated. Um, likewise, it's great to be uh, doing some work with your good self. Um, what's commercial finance is nearly 15 years old now. Um, um, Thank goodness our 13th year is over. Um, at the beginning of our 13th year, I did think to myself, what could happen in our 13th year? <laughs> Little did I know that COVID was the answer. Um, but we're, we're, we're fast plowing towards our 15th year. Um, my background was 16 years with RBS and NatWest. Uh, and then we launched in September 2006 um, and not really looked back. Um, it's now myself and 32 staff. And uh, we've got offices in Edinburgh, London, and two head offices in Namswich, including our head office. Um, and we've got a South Wales office to open in uh, probably quarter one or quarter two next year, just really dependent on lockdown and uh, when it's feasible to do so. Um, we're a whole market commercial finance broker. We do all the things that all the other brokerages do. Um, but I think we pride ourselves on being sort of almost back to the future brokers where we use the best of today's technology but also with the best of yesterday um, so we still go and see all of our clients uh, and get to know our clients and understand them um, so we've sort of uh, we've not gone down the call center route uh, we've very much gone down the bespoke bank manager route where well, when, uh, when Cardiff opens we'll have 17 commercial managers uh, and they very much go out to spend time with our customers um, and, and get to know their business and understand their business requirements and their funding needs. One of the businesses that I admire most in, in the uh, lending market is Handels Banken. And, and the reason why I, um, I admire them so much is, is that you've got um, bank trained people um, who uh, know and understand what they're doing, know and understand the local markets, and they're given mandates by head office to go and uh, develop the, the local areas. Um, and they develop relationships with their customers that, you know, you, you're trying to avoid call centers. That's exactly what Handels Bank are doing. They understand each of their customers. They meet each of their customers face to face. Um, and therefore, they can develop products that are suitable for those customers. And, and I guess with what you're trying to do here, maybe it's, I'm trying to think of a, a, a similar, you know, a, a similarity that maybe what you're trying to do is is almost do what Handels Bank are doing on the brokerage side where you've got good people in local markets who can develop relationships with local businesses um, to become a trusted partner for them and uh, on, on their journey as, as part of their growth. Um, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a great analogy. Um, it was interesting, uh, a few years ago, one of the directors of one of the, the major high street banks said, what's the difference between what I do or what we do, Phil, and what you do? And I said, nothing. We've just got 160 credit units and you've only got one. Yes. Um, so I think, you know, I, I very much look, it's, it goes back to my days with Royal Bank of Scotland and NatWest, you know, which were great times. And, um, you know, I learned an awful lot during that period. And I, we do exactly the same job that we did then now. But as I say, just with the benefit of the whole of the marketplace in terms of placing the business and making sure the client gets the very best possible funding option. 
Um, and then you personally, you, you've won quite a lot of accolades um, with, with, way, with your leadership style, with um, how you develop people. Um, I see a, a huge amount on social media, uh, the pride with which you've, um, and the way in which you talk about the people that work with you in the business. You know, Mark Haywood, for example, has just celebrated his 10 years with the business. Um, and the, the pedestal that you put your staff on, I think is all credit to you. Uh, yeah, listen, I think um, the individual awards, basically, I'm, I'm very, very lucky um, to steer a ship which is powered by the best people in the industry. Um, and it's a privilege, I guess, to be the captain of that ship. Um, any individual award that comes is very much a team award in my eyes. Um, but yeah, um, we're very, it's, it's getting very expensive, these 10th anniversaries now, um, because we've pretty much got two or three a year every year. Uh, and I fatally made a mistake of... Uh, buying the first person to get to 10 years at a nice watch. Um, so that's sort of set the barometer uh, or the, set the, the bar for, uh, for everyone going forwards. But it's a lovely thing. We've, we've worked really hard to create a, a family atmosphere at Watts and a, and a, and a team, a family spirit. And that's still with us today. Even that, that started when there was one or two of us. And even now there's 32 of us across four or five different offices across the UK. We've still got that family feel. Um, and I guess, you know, if you look at a lot of great leaders over the years, they talk about the staff and their people. I believe in that 100%. Um, it's nice to be nice. It's nice to have people around you who are your friends. Um, and we're very proud of our staff retention record and, and the fact that, you know, most of our staff have been with us now, you know, coming up to a decade, um, which in today's world is quite an achievement. Yeah, absolutely it is. But you're also, from what I understand, you're also very charitable as well. So if I think about, if I think about, um, one of the people that that um, are, you know reasonably friendly within the industry, a guy called Lee Albino. What you've done for him, um, and the speech that I remember you, that you gave at the BNC Awards was it last year or the year before? I kind of forget uh, the dates year, now. Yeah, last, last year, last, last year. I, I remember that. I remember that that, that speech that you gave. Um, it was a, a very impassioned speech. It was, um, and people reacted tremendously well and raised a lot of money for him. And, and he's somebody who's such a lovely guy. Yeah, um, Lee's, a, Lee's a great friend of Watts, um, and uh, it was, yeah, a very sad year last year that for him, but obviously he's come through the other side, and we're very proud of how he's come through it, um, and it was the least I could do uh, with Gavin from uh, Shawbrook and Lee's family um, to uh, to help Lee and to make sure that we, uh, we raised the funds needed to make sure that he's uh, financially secure for the rest of his life when he needs new prosthetics and things of that nature. Um, I never, I never thought two years ago that I'd end up being a trustee of a trust, um, but here I am today. So, uh, but yeah, um, it, it's it's nice to do some things it, it, like that. Um, the commercial finance industry, whilst is a big one, is a very small one. We all know each other, mm. um, and um, you know it's nice to give a little bit of something back. Um, and it's you know it's nice to be nice. So Lee needed our help, and uh, you know I think there's a lot of people out there that talk a good game, but. As Alan Sugar always says on those things, isn't he? Talk is cheap. It's result that counts. It's results that count. So, you know, we Gav and I grabbed hold of that and drove it forward, and you know, it it, it turned into probably one of the most successful um, fundraisers last year in the commercial industry. Um, but it certainly meant that Lee now comes back to work and uh, knows that um, if he needs anything moving forward, he's been taken care of by the wonderful industry that he's part of. And that 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 is wonderful. The, the the thing that I guess I suppose is questionable um, is the, uh, the the shirt that's on the wall behind you. That's the uh, Duncan Ferguson <laughs> FA Cup shirt from nineteen ninety five. 
So, you're, 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 you're obviously a, a big Liverpool fan, yeah? Uh, no, nope. <laughs> you're nearly right. <laughs> uh, massive, obviously, massive Ever- Evertonian. Yeah, yeah, for the sins, yeah. It's obviously, and uh, I, sp- I guess we all spend so much time at work. My office at work has become almost a bit more like my den. So yeah. um, it's just nice to have some souvenirs. Obviously, um, you know, over the years, we've been very lucky to be able to sponsor Everton and get involved at the club. So uh, that's been certainly a, a dream come true. And I always think when we do those events and we've got 20 or 30 customers there, uh, the, the, the person always sat to my left is my dad. And uh, when I introduced dad and he sort of, uh, with his tear in his eye, I don't think he ever thought that, uh, you know, uh, when he took me to the football when I was 11, that one day we'd be sponsoring the club and, uh, you know, he'd be sat there with everyone waving and shouting hello dad to him. So uh, nice, some nice things that come out of, uh, of a, a very enjoyable and successful last 15 years. Oh, that's, that's, that's wonderful. Have you got a box there or how do how, no, you respond no, no. to them? No, no, I like to sit um, in the same, I've, Dad and I have had the same seats for 38 years now. Um, so what we normally do is once or twice a season, just take an opportunity to, um, uh, you know, sponsor the game or do something fantastic. at the club, um, which is fantastic because, you know, to be able to get our clients down onto the pitch at a Premier League fixture uh, and to meet the players and to do all stuff like that is, is fantastic. But it's also uh, nice from, for me to, uh, you know, to uh, achieve some ambitions of a lifetime and also make things a bit special for my dad. Oh, that's that, that's lovely. We we had one of our staff last year. I think he'd been with us for for three or four years, and um, he was a massive Huddersfield Town fan. Uh, and we so we sponsored the game with Newcastle last season. Yeah. Um, and so you know our our chap, he was able to uh, to meet the players. He was able to present the Man of the Match awards. He was on the pitch. He took a t- we we let him take all of all of his family. Um, you know, it's little things like that. They don't cost huge amounts of money. Um, but they mean so much to the people that you know to to to, um, to the people who it's, it's important to. Yeah, so, you know, there's a nice little story on that one. Not that we've come on here today to talk about football, but Mark Hayward, who you mentioned, who is a great friend of mine, and as you say, is just uh, celebrating his 10th anniversary at Watts. Uh, his wife Lauren, um, her dad played for Everton briefly um, in the wow. 60s, um, and his ashes are scattered behind the uh, the goal at, good, at the. At the um, at the Gladys Street end. So uh, one of the events that we sponsored, um, Lauren came along as a guest uh, and she could have a wander and the, the club took her around to behind the goal in front of the Gladys Street so she could say hello to her dad. Oh, I love that. So. Oh, I love that. That's really, that's, 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 that's lovely. Um, so a little, little birdie told me um, that you have recently, um, uh, you've recently got a qualification from Oxbridge. Uh, yeah, looking at the certificates of the Oxford FinTech programme. Yeah, so, tell me about uh, the Oxford FinTech programme. Yeah, well, it was um, about two years ago, two or three years ago now, the NACFB asked me to talk about the future of the commercial finance broker at the Expo, or be on a panel talking about that topic. And so uh, uh, for once in my life, instead of being a cheeky scouser, I actually went away and did some research and all the roads led to this Oxford FinTech course. Um, so I volunteered and gave up. I think it was like 13 or 14 weeks of my life, um, which uh, which was a challenge whilst running Watts. Um, but it was a very, very interesting course. Um, it gave me a fantastic glimpse into the future. Um, it, it taught me not to be scared of technology. Uh, it, I think sometimes you think that the world's going to end because it will be taken over by technology and that's perhaps not quite as it will be. Um, so it was a very, very interesting course. Um, it's quite a stretch because you have to work collaboratively and uh, I've got a nice, a great new friend now, <clears throat> Alamir, 
in the United Arab Emirates, but doing conference calls at three o'clock in the morning with him when you've got to be up at six to, to get back to the office was not ideal. But yeah, a, a very interesting course. Um, we're spending quite a bit of money at the moment on technology um, so that we can be future proofed. Um, I think it was interesting. Uh, I, I spoke at one of Lloyd's Banks conferences um, a year or so ago, and they asked me what's the biggest change that I've seen in the, uh, mm. the time that we what I've been running Watts. And uh, I, I used an analogy that every year I'm Santa Claus for 90 children, which is a true fact. And that when I first started doing that some 13 or 14 years ago, um, all of the kids used to ask me for bikes and dolls and prams and action men and Lego. Uh, and last Christmas when I did it, they all asked me for an iPad. Um, and I think, you know, if, if you think what's the biggest change that we've seen is that, you know, whilst the way we transact right now hasn't really changed in the 15 years since we set up Watts, it certainly will do over the next 15 years. And what we need to do is provide a facility for everybody. Uh, not everyone wants to use their phones to transact. Other people, some people like to still pick up the phone and talk and meet and do things like that. But we do need to cater for the people and especially as we've got the youngsters coming through who do, who will want to transact using mobile technology, et cetera, we need to make sure that we're ready for that uh, as that sort of um, gets more and more prevalent over the coming years. So here's a question then, which I, I know it's this, this is something which, um, as you've been talking, I've just been thinking about. One of the things that the banks in the past were fantastic at was, was developing people. So if you think you came out of RBS, um, probably most of your staff came out of the, the big banks as well. And yeah. the big banks, as they've centralised um, and as they've kind of shrunk, they haven't got the same training programmes for, for, for new people coming through the ranks, okay, because they're centralised um, uh, and so on and so forth. What do you think the future holds for, um, for say specialist firms like yourselves who you're gonna to have to train people up from ground zero yourselves rather than taking people on from the banks or do you think there is a future for young people in the specialist finance space that you're able to that there'll be some kind of training program through the banks and the banks will the banks change course i don't know what what do you think that looks like um I think it's a great point. When I started in, as the T-boy in 1990 at RBS and Mr. Pearson was my manager, you couldn't call him Ian, it was, it was Mr. Pearson. Um, uh, you know, you used to look at him and think, when I grow up, I'd like to be you. Um, I think I, I'd agree that that's no longer there. Um, but I do think there's still some fantastic training goes on in the high street banks and the challenger banks, etc. I do think there are people starting today on careers at the high street bank who, who knows, in... 10 or 12, 13 years time may very well enter the broker market. Um, so I think it will be a balance of the two. I think it's important that the big brokerages, whatever you call us, and myself and my colleagues and my peers in the market, that we do bring forward tomorrow's sort of brokers and, and work with, the, with younger people. Um, so we're actively encouraging our assistant commercial managers um, to make that step up to commercial manager. Um, one of our assistant managers made the step up to operations manager and um, Katie now is sort of very much my right hand person and just trying to be politically correct. Um, so she's my certainly my, you know, she runs the business with me. And that's great to see someone who started with us over 10 years ago, go from sort of like office junior to operations manager. Um, so I think we we've a responsibility as have the other big brokerages to bring forward some of the, um, the youth of today and, and get them into the broker community. Um, but I think it, we'd be lying to say that it is probably easier to look at um, commercial managers who perhaps 
had three or four years experience who were sort of late 20s early 30s in the banks and mm. they now have to read a set of accounts they've been through the training i think the training that the banks offer is still very very good mm. um so certainly um when we look to recruit our commercial managers that that's an area that we look at um but it's interesting i you know never say never and i'm always very interested whenever we get approached by somebody who's looking for a role is to sit and talk, look at them because you can give people the raw materials what's difficult is to climb inside them and light their fire so if you get the right person with the right fire in their belly um then you can teach them the rest um, it's I, i've got a phrase um it's will over skill yeah um, you know, somebody is hungry and they want to succeed. Um, you can you, you you can you can help them along the way, um, but if they've not got the will and they've not got the hunger and they've not got the desire, then it doesn't matter whether they're the best skilled people in the world. Actually, um, they won't help your business grow. Yeah, and my other tip was don't ever turn up to a job interview with Umbro football socks on. What <laughs> one person once turned up at an interview with Umbro football socks on. And that was the only thing I could see. And I don't think I listened or heard a word they said. I just thought, if you're going to turn up to an interview in Umbro football socks, you'll probably turn up to see a customer in Umbro football socks. So perhaps not one for us. <laughs> that was interesting. <laughs> um, so you talk about the the, the, the University of Ox Oxford and the, the FinTech qualification that you've got. And you talked about how... Um, young people have changed what they're asking for from action men to iPads. And, and, and you know, that's absolutely true. But you've still got a lot of business people, um, older business people in particular, who are not tech savvy. If yeah. I think about some of the people in our business, the older members of staff, they are they struggle to use a mobile phone. And a lot of you know business people also, either they haven't got time because technology takes up a lot of time. You think about um, when you're searching the internet for something, half an hour can go past very, very very quickly yeah. um, and people are too too busy for it what do you think the future of what came out of that course that do you think is relevant for i don't know a lender like us for example or a brokerage a big brokerage like yourselves how is it what do you think the future of communicating with our customers looks like well i think the clear message coming out of that course is that one size doesn't fit all um and if you go back to your childhood when you had a building blocks with round pegs and square pegs and etc is that provide a service for everybody. Um, so, you know, you, you might end up, you might have somebody who's 20 who's not tech savvy and they want to meet you and they want to speak to you over the phone. That's it. I don't, I guess it's not necessarily about age. I think one of the biggest mistakes I ever made was giving my dad a company phone. Um, and then I think, because I now think he thinks I'm the Apple call center, but he, 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 um, he's become tech savvy and he's 73. Um, so I guess it's less about age and just about some people will want to transact over phone some other people will not. I think also it's interesting that I think COVID has been interesting for technology because it's given us a, a glimpse into the future that none of us really like. Um, and when we when we came out of the lockdown in the summer, you could see everyone craving human interaction mm. and craving to meet people and craving to see people. Uh, and just before uh, in the summer, we did a, 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 a complete, completely legal uh, networking event uh, within the parameters of what you were allowed to do at the time. But every single person at the event came up to me saying, Phil, this is absolutely amazing. We have been dying to do something like this since March. So I think, if anything, COVID could have knocked technology back um, a few years because, as I say, people have had a glimpse into the future and staring at a computer screen for 12 hours of the day and never seeing anyone and never talking to anybody isn't that great. Um, but So I think it's vitally important. And one of the things that we will do is that, you know, we will bring in the technology 
if you want to use the technology and if you want to meet with a manager a commercial manager you can do and if you don't want to meet with a commercial manager you don't have to and if you want to use the phone you can do and if you want to use you as in the old telephone that you dial and ring <laughs> and, and if you want to use your iphone or you know samsung or whatever brand of phone you choose to use uh, to swipe to interact then you can do that as well so i think the message that came out of it is you know make sure that you cater for all um and also um I think it was quite interesting because the course talked a lot about how we'll hold back um, technology because they were talking on the course about how Rightmove could very, very quickly do click to purchase on a house. But who's ever going to click to purchase on a house like you may do to buy a PlayStation game on Amazon? Or even uh, a car, even a car. Or, yeah, I think cars and things become less emotive, don't they? I think it will be also interesting. I'm just looking at some of the pictures on the walls of my offices or some of them my big clients who've come to some of the Everton events with us. And I can't see them ever doing a 10 million pound development deal on their phone. Um, Not in our lifetime. Um, Who knows in, you know, 20 or 30 years time, but certainly I think it will be very interesting. Some of the less emotive products. So you're smaller, um, unsecured business loans. People will be more, probably more comfortable doing that on a phone and swiping, as you say, buying a car, Mm. Um, you know, I swap my wife's car in the summer. you know the process was very quick and slick at the dealership and you weren't really interested because it's not an emotive deal it's you just want the car and as long as you know you can afford the monthly payment and it's all fits in with your budget then where do i sign so i can get the keys and when do i get my nice new shiny car so i think you've got to look at the products and some of the more products which are more in depth i think interestingly we've done some research on um technology and when you start talking to an fd a finance director at a company that turns over perhaps 20 million pounds a year and they're looking for two or three million pounds for a warehouse. If you told him or he, him or her that they had to apply via their mobile phone, they'd look at you as if you were, you know, you're on a different planet. Um, so I think it's horses for courses and round pegs in round holes and square pegs in square holes. And I think if you go down that route, then you'd be able to cater to everybody, irrespective of their technological ability. Yeah, I think I think you're absolutely right. I think one of the things you you, you touched on there was was. Um, the commercial mortgage market when you were talking about you know a, a, an fd looking to build a new warehouse for example and and, and he's going to want to uh, meet somebody and 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 kick the tires and t- get somebody out to, to see it and buy them into the project and buy them into the business and what they're doing and and a direction of travel of of, of 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 where they're going and and that kind of size of transaction it's always going to need face-to-face tran- face-to-face uh, communication um and what you said about uh, covid you are 100 percent right um, even from my own point of view, working from home, I can't do more than two days in a row working from home. Um, I need to be in the office. I need to be talking to the people that, that I'm working with at Roman. They, the people that work here inspire me and give me energy as much as I'm here to give them energy as well. Yeah, um, and, you know, somebody that, that, that um, it doesn't matter whether they're the, um, the admin person putting the AIPs on the system or whether they are somebody in collections or, or one of the underwriters collaborating on individual transactions is where the inspiration for how that deal can get done often comes from. So you have somebody inputting from collections. I've seen this before. We could do it that way and that will avoid that risk. And some of them underwriting say, well, actually, if we structure it this way, we can avoid doing that risk. You know, and th- that collaboration that we well, I, I'm missing, I know you're in the office at the moment and I'm in the office here, but, you know, I'm in an office with one other person that should be sitting 45 people. Mm. I miss my colleagues. Mm. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think it will be, I think we all look forward to uh, 
a better 2021 and the ability for us all to return to work safely. Um, I think, uh, I know some people talk about new ways of working and new ways of living. I'm slightly sceptical. I think it's going to be a little bit like New Year's Eve, that once it's safe and we've had the vaccine and we can return to normal, I think life will very quickly return to normal. Don't get me wrong, we might look at a deal if a client wants £40,000 and they're in Hull. We might offer them a Zoom call rather than travelling to Hull. Um, and, with them, you know, there will be some more flexible working. But, you know, I think people crave, as you've rightly said, human interaction. And uh, you're right. Um, I think sharing best practice on a WhatsApp group is great. But it's no it's no replacement for sharing it with your colleagues sat around a desk. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think on that note, toasting um, a post-COVID 2021 world um, is a great place to, uh, to to leave it. Um, Phil, thank you so much indeed for being part of the Romapod. Um, it's been enlightening. It's been entertaining. It's been informative. Um, and I've enjoyed it enormously. Thank you for thank your time. You. Thank you, Scott. And thank you for inviting me to play a part. And, um, you know, I'll uh, look forward to hearing the, uh, the, the podcast when it goes out.